out of bed. Well, not quite jumping out of bed. But you get out of bed and you just say, come on, we want to take on the world. And over these next two, two weeks, it's my joy, absolute joy and privilege to be able to just share about some of the things that God is speaking to us about that will help us to clarify, that will help us to confirm what God is wanting to do amongst this great community at this particular time. Some people would say, well, why do we need to do a highlight Sunday? I mean, what's the purpose of it? Is that just showing off? Is it just bragging? Is it just, we, we just need to move on. We need to forget those things. Well, actually, we believe it's absolutely essential that we celebrate all that God has done amongst us. I'll probably say this two or three times, but what we celebrate, we repeat. What you continue to celebrate, you repeat. Let me just digress for one moment. If you celebrate your child's behavior, they will more often than not repeat that good behavior. Yes? And it works in all aspects of life. If you want to draw the best out of people, don't thrash them. Celebrate them. Correct them, but celebrate them. Are you hearing me this morning? You know, so if you're here today and you've all you've ever had is chastisement, if all you've ever had is discipline, if all you've ever had is a big stick, and by the way, that's how you think church is all about and God's all about, you're in the right place because we're going to change that mindset this morning because actually what we want to do is celebrate you and we want to celebrate all that God is wanting to do amongst us. By the way, that, that, that video, thanks to Jordan and the guys for just putting it together. It, it, Phil's already mentioned it, but we really do appreciate it. And, and just to say that if you'd like to see that again, because some of you saw your face on camera and you thought, oh, I like that, that's great. And that's not a bad thing. It's no, you know, you're just such a good-looking group of people. I can understand it. You're just looking at yourself, I'm looking good, my man. You know? So if you'd like to see that video again, then please visit our website and uh, you can see that. It will be uploaded, I guess, in the next few days. I think it is important to highlight and celebrate all that has happened over this past year. You're not on weekly news, and the weekly news is uh, a weekly message that we send out with a few announcements, but more often than not, there's some inspirational thought in there. And if you'd like to be on our weekly news so you receive it via email, then please go and see the resource hub downstairs, and that will just help you to stay connected with church and what's happening. But last week... Phil wrote weekly news. He had no idea where I was going. I had no idea where he was going. But he mentioned Psalm 78. I'd just like to read those verses together. Psalm 78 and verses 9 through to 11. The reason why I'm I'm, uh, wanting to highlight this is because often we forget. And he reads there, The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant And refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done. The wonders he had shown them. Phil reminded this this morning because he used that verse and I just had a right smile to my face. I thought he has no idea what's coming this morning. But he just reminded us that actually the men of Ephraim had an unusual blessing placed upon them. God blessed them. And God had done mighty things through them. And actually, they forgot. So when they came to the day of battle, they forgot. But listen to me. This is not the kind of forgetfulness that all of us can enter into. 
Have you ever been to a petrol station, you filled it with petrol, you've gone to reach to just grab your wallet and then you've realised you've not took your wallet with you? Has anybody grown up to doing that? Oh, there's a few of you. I've done it on more than one occasion, just to encourage you. I've done it on more than one occasion. Then you have to walk into the petrol uh, attendant and say, I'm really sorry, but I can't pay you. What do you mean you can't pay me? I'm going to have to call. No, please don't call the police. Please don't call the police. I'll give you, you know, all, I remember on one occasion, this is a few years ago, I left my mobile phone with them as security for the fact that I would be coming back to pay them. You know, sometimes we're forgetful with things. You know, some of us are more forgetful than others. I often used to, I'm getting better, it's because my life was one whirlwind. I was just frantically here, there and everywhere. And so I'd forget to pick up my phone, my wallet, you know, whatever it would be. But this kind of forgetfulness that we read in Psalm 78, I wonder if we could just go back to it again in verse 11. He says, they forgot. They forgot what he had done. This was not a careless forgetfulness, because actually the root word means cease to care. The men of Ephraim, Ephraim ceased to care what the Lord had done. Have you got it? It's really important that we understand that because actually we, the reason why we highlight the Sunday and we do this, we've done this for many, many years, is because we care what the Lord has done. And we want to celebrate what the Lord has done because what we celebrate, we will then go and repeat. If you are living with a ceasing to care about the things of God and what God has done in your life, I want to say you need to be very careful. Because as a company of people, we need to continue to remember all that the Lord has done. I contrast this, Psalm 78, with another few verses that I particularly love. And they're found in Psalm 145. And this is where we're really going to base ourselves out of our highlights morning. I'm going to share some things about what you've seen on the video. And we're also going to minister God's word all at the same time. So the Lord really needs to help me. But we see them in Psalm 145 and beginning at verse 3. We see the, the, the words here. Great is the Lord. And you can at this point say amen or anytime as I'm reading these verses. Because these are great verses. So start again. Great is the Lord. And most worthy of praise is greatness no one can fathom. And one generation commends or shouts or applauds or announces your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. And they celebrate, have you got that? Your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Just keep that on the screen for a moment. We see that this is so contrasted with Psalm 78 where the men of Ephraim for God. We see actually the Psalm of David and David is saying to a generation that's going to follow and follow and follow that actually as generations we need to commend the works of God to another. We need to announce the works of God. We need to shout aloud and celebrate all that God has done in our lives so people can then begin to see the greatness of God. Are you hearing me today? 
So why we celebrate and why we want to highlight is because we think it's important for our kids to hear this stuff. We think it's important for our young people to hear this stuff. And by the way, if you're new in, we want to tell you we serve a great God who loves you with a passion and he wants to help you in your life. And what he has done for many people here, he wants to do for you too. Many people think that God can't love them. Many th- people think that God can't be interested in them. And this is, this is why we do what we do, because we want to say to you today that God is a God who is amazing and greatly to be praised. I remember when it was last year, some of you know that I had to go for some surgery because of some things that they found upon my, around my vocal cords and throats. And for a little while, they weren't quite sure what they were. And they were saying all kinds of things, the doctors and whatever, what it could be. And of course, some of those things weren't particularly nice and kind. But thankfully, when they was able to get them off, they were, they, they were, there were polyps on there. there was, and they, they, there was no, no cancer in them at all. But I remember coming back and they said to me, now, Mr. Thorpe, I remember the, the vocal person, therapist, and the doctor and the consultant said to me, now, Mr. Thorpe, We understand you're used to speaking, but you cannot speak for many, many days. And then they said, and we understand because they knew what I did. We understand, Mr. Thorpe, as well, that you're used to public speaking. You are not able to lift your voice for many, many days. My kids were rejoicing at that point. It was like, praise Jesus. Jesus has answered our prayers. I remember walking home and Caroline had already... We already knew that this was going to happen. I remember walking in and the children were there. They were very quiet because they just didn't know what hour was going to be and and all the rest of it. I remember doing as I'm told, not wanting to speak. And Isaac had, had, had made me something and he'd made me a book. And this book was so I could write in it instructions or you know, dialogue with her. So I would, he would say something to me and I would write something. And we've still got that book. And it came to mind when I was reading these verses again. It talks about one generation commends another. It's awful when I lost my voice. Some of you have had that with sore throats. You just lose your voice, your ability to communicate. And actually one of the things I, I believe is that the enemy, Satan, has wanted to steal the voice of the church. He's wanting to silence the church. He's wanting us to quieten down. I want to tell you, this has nothing to do with a preach, but I will continue and will continue to lead with passion because we love what we do. And some people would say, be quiet. And why just shout? And why just sing the songs you do? Why can't you quieten down? I want to say this God is worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory. He's worth celebrating. And everybody wants us to quieten down. I was at a football match two weeks ago, and I was in the Exeter end. I was watching Liverpool, and they were all ranting, Stephen, Gerrard, Gerrard, and all these kinds of songs you can only imagine. And I thought, and all this about a bag of wind, and I love the football. And here we are often in church. We're just quieting down. Can I just say something to us? You know, let's come and let's, let's really enter into God's house and God's uh, presence. Let's come with worship. Let's come with adoration. Let's come with praise. Let's lift our hands. Those who are eight who have the ability, let's do a little bit of a jig. You know, however you want to do it. I don't know, however you want to do it. But just give him praise because if we lost that ability, if we lose our ability for our voices, we have an inability to actually communicate. And actually, here we see 
God is encouraging us to commend, to celebrate all that he has done. We need to notice in Psalm 145, I wonder if we could get it on the screen again. Because there's two particular things that I think are important for us to celebrate. First of all is God's goodness. And secondly is God's church. And we'll come on to that in a moment. But I think it's important for us to celebrate God's goodness. Listen, not just here with a big ego trying to celebrate all the good things that Arena Church has accomplished and all the leaders have accomplished and all the teams and dream teams have accomplished. I want to just say at the very start, we celebrate God's goodness. David realized that actually when he said these words, I will exalt you, my God, my King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and exalt your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. You know, if you're forever wanting to celebrate your success, what you've done, I think we have a problem. It's actually the basis for all that we do is all that he's done. I'll say that again. The basis for everything is for what we do is all that he's done, what he's accomplished in our lives. And we celebrate God's goodness. He says, I will speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty, and I'll meditate on your wonderful works. The Bible records, if we would read it, of the wonderful things that God has accomplished. And by the way, the miracles are not just assigned to the Old Testament or the New Testament. Actually, the book of Acts has no end. When we look at the book of Acts, we see wonderful miracles. But there is no end to it because it continues through the church down the generations. And here we are today in the 21st century and God is still wanting to use the church to show the world the wonderful, amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful God we serve. What a great Father we serve. In that Pray First service we, uh, series, we heard of the names of God. And one thing that I was impacted by that teaching in particular was the name of Father. And that's his favorite name. That's a name he loves more than any other. He loves it more than King, more than Lord, more than, you know, the, the majestic one more than the mighty one. He loves the name Father. I celebrate today God's goodness. He's my Father. We celebrate all that He's done and all that He's accomplished. I love what it says in, in 2 Corinthians. Just thinking about this God's goodness, just for a moment. It reads there in 2 Corinthians in chapter 13 and verse 14. This is often used as a benediction. And we see here God working... In three, in tandem, the Trinity, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And I'm not about to open that, but we see three amazing things that we celebrate this morning. It says, may the amazing grace, and boy have we sung it this morning and have we reflected on it. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of God the Father and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. I want to say there's three things that I celebrate about the goodness of God. First is His amazing grace. If you've never been touched by this grace this morning, you couldn't have heard a better summing up than what Phil gave us today. If you're in need of grace, then towards the end, I'm just going to give a simple opportunity for people to respond. If you want to experience the extravagant love of God, the Father, if you want to know what it is to have the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, then you can enjoy all of those things today in this service. 
This is why I celebrate the goodness of God. I've experienced His grace. I know His love. And it's extravagant. And I experience day by day the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. So we celebrate God's goodness. But we also need, I believe, taking on board Psalm 145 because it talks there how they will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds, verse 6, and they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. David was encouraging us to celebrate the goodness of God, but he was also encouraging us to celebrate God's church, the works of God, how God works. There are four things in particular that I want to just highlight this morning that I just would like to celebrate on behalf of you guys here at Arena Church. We've already done the claps and, you know, and that was great. But at the end of the, uh, our message, I would encourage us to just stand to our feet and for a moment, I'm going to encourage us to celebrate the goodness of God. I'm going to encourage, not because I don't think we did it well enough with Phil, but I think there's more we can just give to God and celebrate God's church, the wonders of God. But there's four things that I want to just say in particular. First of all, I, f- I celebrate the fact through Arena Church, number one, that we love the world. We love the world. It'll probably go on the screen. We realize in John chapter 3 and verse 16, it reads these. Can somebody give me a handheld? I'm now on. Yes. Are we sorted? Praise the Lord. So we'll continue. So we celebrate God's goodness. We celebrate God's church. And we do that, first of all, by recognizing and we celebrate that we actually, we, when I use we, I'm talking about we, we love the world. Let me just quickly move into that because it says in John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world, gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We'll notice in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, it also reads these words, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And then, but we've taken on the mission of Jesus. For God says, I love the world. That's why I sent Jesus. And Jesus said, I came into the world to seek and to save 
that which was lost. I know that we love people because there are some highlights that need to be mentioned. They really do. We had over 200 first-time guests throughout our Christmas services. That's wonderful. It tells me that you feel confident in bringing people to church. It tells me that you're confident in actually going and inviting people. And guys, we want to see that more and more and more. And not just at Christmas and not just at Easter, but every particular Sunday. That we're thinking about who could we invite, who could we bring. But it tells me that you love the world. I love the fact that we had 58 people say that they wanted to follow Jesus. I thought we'd get a big round of applause for that. 58 people. I was listening to some ministry this week. I was listening to ministry. I listened to it once. And then I listened to it again with Caroline Park. I saw something similar to this, and what they were doing, there was a man saying how many people they had through. on one Sunday gave their lives to Jesus Christ in another church. And I burst into tears because I, 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 I felt the Spirit of God on me. I felt the Spirit of God come like I feel it now. The Spirit of God come, came upon me. It was almost like a confirming word that, Christian, what I'm doing there, I want to do amongst you guys. I want to do across the British Isles. This is not just for North America. This is not just for Bible Belt. There are literally hundreds of thousands of people that the Lord is presently working upon. And I just applaud you guys, and I'm grateful for you guys, that you love the world. Yeah? It's not 7,000. It's 58. But we're believing that we're going to have another note on that. And then we're going to believe another note. And it might not be in my lifetime, but I'm seeing it like Abraham by faith. That we're going to see something significant take place. I celebrate the fact that we've, in our children's program, Acorns, we've had Tracy and the great team that work out of there. Thank you so much, guys. 60 children that we serve each month. I love the fact, I don't know whether you saw it, but we've actually served meals to 3,752 people. Say, do you track it? Yeah, you better believe we track it. They're the, they're the fingers, figures. 3,700 people who had no food or who were lonely, who would eat alone, and were able to draw them in. I love the fact that you love the world. I also love the fact, very quickly, that people are gathering. I celebrate the fact that we're gathering here this morning. There are many people who would say, well, actually, we don't need to meet. I want to tell you, we do need to meet. It's the lie of the enemy that says you don't need, you can do this on your own. 
you can't do it on your own. You just can't do it on your own. And I'm grateful that the fact that people are gathering in different contexts. In fact, the Bible records and, and reminds us and encourages in Hebrews in chapter 10 and verse 24 through to 25. It reads, that, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards good deeds. Not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This was happening even then. Some were coming and then saying, we don't need to meet. But here we see very clearly that actually let's not, you know, throw away the fact that we need to meet together. I love the fact and I celebrate the fact that Arena Church people are gathering. We're gathering here today so we've seen numbers of people gathering you saw the highlights themselves, how there's 280 people on any given su- su- Sunday who are gathering together. Sure, is isn't thousands, but I want to say God is amongst us. God is growing us. The numbers are up. I'm grateful for the fact that we're seeing, you know, literally now probably around 380 to 400 people who would call Arena Church their home. We want to tell you, and this will be next, next week, vision-wise, we are believing God to just increase our numbers we're not interested in having a big church. What we are interested in is people who are, who are not now going to go to a lossless eternity. We want to see literally hundreds and thousands of people come to faith in these coming years. Because we want to see, as Reinhard Bonnke, that great evangelist says, we want to see hell plundered and heaven populated. Can I hear your yeah. yes. yes. I love the fact that small groups are up. Yes, it's not where we want to be. And again, next week we'll talk into that. But there's more small groups that are being connected. You know, we've gone from three through to eight. There's different people connecting for coffee and getting connected. I love the fact that I celebrate that you are connecting and gathering. The third thing I want to say is this, and very quickly moving on, is I celebrate the fact that big hearts make a difference. Big hearts make a difference. You may say, Christian, where are you going with this? Well, you are big-hearted. It shows me in the highlights because if you'll notice here with regards to, you know, the, 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 uh, the brochure that's on your seat, you should have one of these. We've given a full report of all that's been happening over 2015. Been very clear to actually notice, first of all, people rather than facts and figures. But you'll notice that inside there are some facts and figures. For some people, these have no consequence. For others, they're of great consequence. But all I want to say is this. You can't do anything without resource. And I celebrate the fact that big hearts are making a difference. Thank you for your giving. Thank you that you give each week. Thank you for some of you you give each month. Some of you do it by standing order. And we'd love many by standing order because that's just helpful. And if you're wondering why sometimes I don't put anything in the offering, as in, you know, place anything in, because I know people watch us, it's not that I don't give. We give, all the team give. It's not we're asking you to do something we don't do to underline it. But actually, Caroline and I, it's an easy way via standing order. We just send it to the church. However you want to do it, we thank you for doing it. We thank you for every pound that has come into the offering. Let me say, we never tell anyone you have to do anything. So in this area of giving, we will never tell you you have to do and you have to give. We will never, from Arena Church platform, ever 
tell you that you have to do something. All we will do is we will simply present what the Bible says. The Bible encourages us to be generous in our giving. The Bible encourages us to tithe, to give a 10% of all that we have to God. And actually, big hearts do make a difference because we read in Proverbs and chapter 11 and verse 24 through to 25, it says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Big hearts make a difference. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed and those who help others are helped. This is curses are on those who drive a hard bargain. Blessings on all who play fair and square. I actually believe that big-hearted people do make a difference. And thank you for every, as I say, pound that's come in. But it might be that you look at these figures and you think, you know what? I had a bonus last year. I did a lot of overtime last year. I came into some money last year. And actually... I'm not tithed on that money. I just encourage you. I was just talking to somebody just over the last couple of weeks, and that's what they said. That was their story. They just, you know, there's been some more money that had come into them, and they just said, we needed to adjust our giving. I never asked them. I just said, that's wonderful. It may be that you need to do that. Maybe some of you need to take the step of faith and begin to give and trust God with your finances because big-hearted people make a difference. Next week, I will be sharing about some of this and some of the things that we're wanting to do. And just as a statement, just at the end, we do actually do need to see, and we are believing for an increase of giving because of what we want to do. So much in our hearts that we want to do. There's so many opportunities that the Lord is opening up to us. And by the way, the world of the generous does get larger and larger. We never asked for £100,000, by the way, from the council for Woolworths. We, where's Lisa? Did we, ask, did we ask for that money from them? Did we apply for that money from them? Okay, the trustees are here, some of the boards, did we ask Phil? Did we ask for that money? But they gave us £100,000. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger. Oh, I feel, and larger and larger. That's what happens. Big hearts make a difference. I celebrate that this morning with you guys and thank you for helping us with that. And as I say, we do need to see our increase of giving because of what we want to do. And there's a simple way, just practically, I'll I'll finish with this on this particular point. You know, some of us gift aid, your taxpayers, some of you, we think that it could be, the finance team are telling me, there could be about another thousand pounds that we could get each month. Instead of just putting money in, we'd gift aid it. It's a simple way. You're not signed in for life. You can just sign in for the year and see how it goes. Make sure you're comfortable with it. But we're already getting about £2,000 back from the government. We could get another £1,000 back. And I don't know about you, and I pray for the government regular. But if I could get something back from them, can I hear an amen? If I could get something back from them, then we'll do it. So why don't we continue to be big-hearted? And lastly, very quickly, serving with passion changes people's lives. These are the things that we celebrate this morning. Serving with passion changes people's lives. We'll notice in 1 Peter in chapter 4, verse 10 through to 11, it reads there, 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Every one of us has a gift. And we should use it as faithful servants of God's grace in its various form. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the very strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Every one of us has been given a gift. Some of you, your gift is dormant. Some of you, you've, you've hid your gift because of past failures. Some of you hide your gift because of your insecurity. Some of you hide your gift because you think, well, what have I actually got to offer? And it's a wrong perception. We want to encourage everybody to bring their gift into this house and just offer it and for allow God to do something amazing in your lives. As you will bring your gift, as you will serve with passion, as you will gladly submit yourselves to the life of this church, because that's where it all comes out of. I can cite numbers of people who have been struggling for many, many years over this church. It's not worked out for me, and I'm not being used, and all these kind of things. As soon as those people submitted themselves to God and said, God, do whatever you want to do in and through me. I submit it to the leadership. It all begins to open up. And serving with passion changes people's lives. You know what? We have over 35 teams. I did it last night. There's more than that. I know I've missed some. And we have 221 dream team members across church, community, and the business. Put your hand up if you was here at our dream team party that we held just before Christmas. Some of you were able to make it. It was electric, wasn't it? You know, I loved Andy leading us through, you know, the 12 days of Christmas, and it was, it was just, it was a great occasion. It was really great. And I know some of you, Bob and Mandy came to, we were gutted that we weren't able to be there, and we were gutted that you weren't there. There was numbers of people who weren't there, but there was over 221 people who serve in Arena Church, community, and business. You see, serving with passion changes people's Lives. I'll finish with this. There's a photo that's going to pop on the screen, hopefully. Oh, you can't really see her that well. It's the delightful Di. Di saw a need in the life of the church. I just use this as an example. She saw the need, and I celebrate this. Because actually our reception area, during, often the knot is closed. And we have love, numbers come in, and it's due to the fact that we don't have the salary to... to, to um, pay for a reception administrator, and we tried to work that around the, t- the team, and interns have helped us, and different staff members, and we thank all of them who do that. But it's uh, on occasions closed, and Di saw that. Di, I celebrate this. You saw it. And then you spoke to whoever you needed to speak to on the team and said, Look, I've got a day, I've got a Thursday, and I'll come and I'll man that area for you. What I find even more delightful was just the testimony they had, but I had an email to Di said, she did this, I got all the background to it, because I didn't know anything about this, and then the comment was, and she absolutely loved it. I nearly wrote back to this, to Julie, who sent it to me, and says, well, I knew she would, because she just loves talking to people, just Di, she just loves talking to people, anybody, everywhere, but I want to say, Di, and you guys who serve in all the areas that you serve, I celebrate you, I celebrate the fact that we're serving with passion, and that serving with passion Changes people's lives. Very quickly. We have on the chair two cards. 
Just get your hand, please. There's two cards. They're identical. We've nearly completed our time together. Just before we give of our offering in a few moments, and I'm going to conclude with a prayer. In this next season, each Sunday, what we're going to do is we're going to pray over these names on the cards. We're going to do it publicly. We'll do it on first Tuesday. And on Tuesday, when we meet as a staff, we're going to get these cards and we're going to pray over them in this next season. And on the cards, it says, I am praying and believing for the salvation of. If you want to write two or three, don't write a whole. Well, you can. But don't do it so then you miss the offering continue to pop it in. But we just want you to write out those names who you are believing God for. It might be a prodigal to return. Maybe a son or daughter. Maybe a neighbor. Maybe somebody, whoever. But I also, on the other one, want you to write exactly the same names on there. Because we will pray and we want also you to pray. And we're believing that in the next highlights service, which is going to be now in 2017, that sounds a bit scary, but it'll soon be upon us. There are going to be people who are literally going to be in this service as a result of you praying. As a result of you praying and also going. So what I want you to do is just write, am I clear enough? Just write on there, just while I sum up. And then when we give of our offering, you can pop all those names they're going to be gathered up. I want everybody, we should literally have hundreds of these cards over the two services, hundreds. And we'll do it again next week. But I want you to just write them in, the people who you are believing God for. Let me conclude while you're doing that. If you're able to do two things, you women are great at this. Us blokes are not as good. But anyway, we'll move on. Let me conclude. What we celebrate gets repeated. We celebrate reaching out. We celebrate gathering. We celebrate generous hearts. We celebrate serving others. We also need to make sure that we take moments every day to celebrate first and foremost the goodness of our God. He is a great God and most worthy of praise. I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment. Even if you just write it on there, just for a moment, just hold your pen for a moment. 